Welcome one and all to Pod Position episode, whatever one it is. We've done enough now, too many. We can, we, can, we, we could stop now, um, but we got to continue because of people paying f- for it. So that sucks for us. Um, hello, I'm Jim Sterling. Um, apologies if the audio quality is shit. I mean, it's all my fault. I fucked everything up. Um, as soon as Jim finally got a decent mic, my microphone decided to fuck off and just break into pieces. So I'm recording this off an iPhone. So fucking hell, we'll see if this works. Exactly. So if it goes, we've got several backup recording options, none of them optimal or good. Um, but <laughs> if we if we manage to get something good out of this, it will be a, a, t- a tiny. One of one of God's tiny miracles. But that's Laura you here. Hello, Laura. Hello. Hello. How are you today, Jim and Gavin? I feel good. Yep, yeah, pretty good. Thank you. Is it snowing in Ireland? It's snowing in Ireland, which is a big surprise. Oh. And a nice one. It's pretty. How are you feeling? Because you, you were poorly last time. Uh, much better, actually. Uh, well, although as soon as we got better, myself and the girlfriend went out and got completely obliterated drunk last night. So... <laughs> But yeah, feeling a lot better. That's good, that's good. Um, cool, cool. So everyone's doing well, apart from um, all of the audio equipment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's fine. Um, what else? What, what other complaints have people had about the show lately? Uh, apparently I'm really echoey now, which makes no sense, because I, I, uh, I've always been echoey. I didn't hear anything different. Yeah, the, the echo's not on your recording or anything, it's just how your voice sounds. And because of your nice crystal clear mic, we can now hear that you have a natural echo. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, it's, it's because the... he is the ancestor of Zeus, and he just has that natural echo that all is, around him. That is true. Um, that, that's part of my secret character origins, uh, is that I am the the, the son of Zeus. Um, and any, when anyone who came down seen... to... Anyone who's seen Jim talk at a panel will attest that the entire room shakes with echo when he speaks. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite jealous. You get a better character origin than I do, where I fucked a fish and and became female ejaculate woman. I think you've got a slightly cooler backstory. Also, oh, someone did someone did fucking fan art of that, and I'm so happy. Really? That's good. Of you fucking a fish? No, of me as female ejaculate woman. Oh, cool. I've, That's one thing I've, I've learned doing... Doing podcasts over the years, you know, I've been doing podcasts for like like over over five years now, and a lot of very talented artists waste their talent. <laughs> um, their considerable talent, uh, drawing horrible drawings of of people who do podcasts, fantastic drawings, um, but but that happens. There is um, an incredibly skilled uh, smutty artist who draws uh, images of me getting pegged. By um <laughs> by lady elves with massive dongers, um, so that's good. That ticks several of my boxes. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. It makes me damp. But I also sit and think they this person could be doing wonderful things. Oh God! Speaking of your hands being damp, Jim, have you managed to get all that sticky stuff off them by this week? Yeah, they just kind of kind of sloughed off over the over the course of of that. I hope you the, kept the it for giveaways for the listeners. Oh, that's a... I missed a trick there. You see, it just mm. kind of... I actually forgot about it after the first day, and now now looking, it's gone. Um, that's how much I give a shit about myself. Um, yeah, it's it's no longer there. I, I had to wrap the glue up in paper 
so that it wouldn't ooze um, glue all over the place. Uh, so we avoided that catastrophe. I'm pleased to report that I still have all my fingers, and it was definitely glue. <laughs> oh, 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 I want to talk about, I found, like, my favourite game title of the week this week. Mm-hmm. I played a game this week called Massive Cleavage vs. Zombies, and and it's cleverer than it sounds because it's a pun. It's a pun because the woman has a meat cleaver, but she also has all her buttons on her top uh... under. Oh! You see, it's a, it's a clever pun about boobs and knives. You know what, that... That's too clever for me. That That's like some Talos principle level shit right there. That's when a game gets too smart by her. I, I have started playing it. Um, I'm not ready to render a final verdict yet other than it does include massive cleavage and, and zombies. And so, the two of them are in opposition, so... Oh, I've seen a like video a, about this game. It's, probably. It's, it's the one with the big boobs and the zombies. Yeah, and it's that's, like... That's surprisingly... That surprisingly doesn't narrow it down, because there are there are many games. Um, Ona Chambra being the most famous of, of uh, very young... But otherwise petite schoolgirls with inexplicably massive breasts... Uh, fighting zombies while the camera is constantly trying to oh, let me go under there and have a look at her knickers. So I'm imagining the camera sounds like oh, I want to get right under there. Oh, um, so yeah, Onichambra is the most famous, and there are other ones as well. Um, a lot of a lot of Japanese games. There are a lot of Japanese games that do it, but this is the first one I've been quite seen be quite so open about it's like no we are the big boobs and and killing stuff game that is what we are i, I kind of respect that I, I i can respect a game that just sits there and says we we know we are like the video game equivalent of junk food and we're not worried about it you know mcdonald's will offer you a salad because they're ashamed of what they are um but a game will have big tits and call itself cleavage and you know what you're in for and i can i can respect that Exactly, I have a lot of respect for that. But uh, yeah, I guess have, is there video game news we want to talk about this week? Well, Twitter is video. is in nuclear meltdown over uh, GTA Five being delayed again. Delayed again. Uh, who wants to sum up what happened with this? I think Jim probably would <laughs> sum it up the best. Well, or... I I only just heard about it before oh. we started recording. Probably um, Laura. So it... Laura, you. Uh... Well, shall I do it then? Um, Basically, about three days before we recorded this, um, there was a blog post that had some, like, people were a little bit confused because this was on the official Rockstar forums. There were rumours that GTA V had been delayed. And, like, a lot of these rumours were because it's, like, a week or two before release and they still hadn't released PC specs, which is really, like, suspicious considering, like, how close we were getting to its supposed launch. Mm -hmm. And someone asked on the official forums... Is the game being delayed um, because there's no PC specs yet? And Rockstar's response was, um, it is still coming out on the date we announced. We have not yet announced a delay. And people were a bit sort of like, the first half of that sounds like you're reassuring us. The second half sounds like you're reassuring us, but you're going to pull it from under our feet soon. Yeah, that's like the most video game PR response I've ever heard. The delay has not been announced yet. That's brilliant. The delay brilliant. has not yet been announced. And then within 72 hours, they announced a delay of like two and a half months or something. It's middle, when's it? Middle of March now? That is amazing. Shady fucks. I'm just like, you had the perfect opportunity to be like, okay, you caught us. 
it's being delayed. But they were like, nah, we haven't fucking announced it yet. What you on about? What are you talking about? You having a bubbly bath, son? <laughs> being announced in a fucking three days, son. What the fuck are you doing? I'm just here trying to sell these grapes down the covered market and you're giving me grief. Have a laugh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how I imagine. That's how I, that's how I imagine Rockstar's response to things. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, so, yeah, so as as you can understand, people are a little bit pissed yeah. off that three days ago they basically like tried to say that it wasn't being delayed three days ago, and now are saying, "Yeah, it's been delayed. You caught us." Yeah, that's a, I've had that problem with games PR for a long time. This cloak and dagger fucking. When they're caught red-handed with something, because they're not yet ready to announce it or can or, or say it, they will literally half the time just, if not obscure the facts, just straight up lie to you. Um, there's a, I can't remember exact specifics. When I used to write for Destructoid, I used to rail on this all the time because there were so many instances of Sony, Bethesda, companies like that straight up denying things. You know, we are not making this game. Uh, We are not doing this. This is not coming out on this system. Only for like, often as quickly as the very next day, announcing the exact opposite. And I hate that. Like, don't lie to your customer. If you just because you want to have the control. That's what it comes down to. They want to control the message to the point where they will lie about something even if they're going to announce it 24 hours later. But it's got to always be on their terms. I hate that shit. If you're caught red-handed, own up. Well, Lizzie, I can't agree more because there's a thing I can't really talk about right now. But um, I today dealt with some PR people who have clearly been lying to my face. So that, yeah, that happens. PR people are not good. <laughs> that, that's one issue I have with it. I, I once said that I don't think in 90% of the cases, games <coughs> journalism can exist because this is such a PR-controlled industry and when you're sole almost all the time, unless you have your anonymous sources who will come out and talk to you in secret, um, 99% of the information out there comes from PR. 99% of the disinformation out there comes from PR. Like, they have such a handle on everything, and half the time, well, more than half the time, and because I keep saying things like 99%, which isn't math, by the way, I'm just saying things that sound big. Um, You know, most of the time, your sole source of information comes from PR, and there's nowhere else to go. Um, This isn't like politics with whistleblowers and analysts and all this shit, people in the know. Um, so if they tell you something, half, again, I keep saying half the time, uh, most of the time you have to take it at face value because what else are you going to do? You could, you could disbelieve them, but. Well, like for examples, obviously not referencing any specific companies or specific instances. I've had examples in the past of PR companies where it's like, oh, there's this thing we're also going to mention in our email, but we're telling you, you're not allowed to tell anyone. And it's like, that's the thing that's fucking journalism. And they're like, yeah, but you can't talk about the journalism bit, or we're not going to we're not going to tell you the journalism bit next time. It's like, well, why the fuck did you tell us then? That's it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's sometimes um, talking specifically about reviews. I'll get us to like break embargo on something, um, and it's a trick you can only do once. It's this horrible. Mm. We're in this system, this situation where. Um, if you don't play the PR game, you fuck yourself in future, and you kind of weigh up the odds of well, I guess it's better to, it's better to 
be tapped into the information to warn people about situations, again, talking specifically about reviews, like, as soon as possible. Like with Aliens Colonial Marines. Um, Yeah, I could have busted Embargo and told everyone not to buy it, um, you know, days in advance. Um, Or I could have done it at midnight along with everyone else. Um, And if I'd have blown my chips then, like, the next time it happened, I'd have to buy the game at launch and then warn people days later when everyone's already gone out and bought. So you kind of weigh up the, 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 the potential future harm versus, you know, doing some good now. Can you guys Although remember in- um, what, what game it was? I don't know, was it last year or the year before? And it was one of the really big releases where literally everyone broke the embargo. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I remember it on Twitter. Suddenly, all the reviews came out early because one one website broke the embargo, and then everyone did it. I'm trying to remember. Was um, it GTA Five? Maybe I don't think it was GTA Five because I remember that going relatively smoothly. Um, let's see. I know Sleeping Dogs is uh, the Sleeping Dogs remaster embargo went up early because I was complaining about that because I was annoyed by it. Um, that was a great Broken game, Age. Actually, I know Sleeping they Dog. were. Broken Age tried to restrict reviews and then capitulated when everyone threw a Barney. Broken Age was the most irritating one where it's like, oh, if you're a Kickstarter backer, you can talk about it however you want. There is no reason why you wouldn't talk about it. We're not going to withhold the second part of it from you for talking about it after being a backer. But reviewers, nah, fuck you. You can't talk about it. Yeah, and that was even if you had Kickstarter, because I was, I'd backed that one back in the day and I couldn't review it. That was the situation I was in. I was like, because you've offered me a review code, even though I'm a Kickstarter backer, I can't talk about it. Even though there are Kickstarter backers doing all video playthroughs on YouTube already. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, I was going to go ahead and just do it. And then they capitulated. I've been noting Um, that a lot more recently, that YouTubers are getting the games early before everyone else to do Let's Plays. Because they they don't always have to agree to not yeah. do endorsements. That does happen. It's not. It's um, not. It's not I a mean, secret. We, Everybody knows. Yeah, we covered <laughs> that with the Shadow of Mordor thing last year. That 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 does happen. Um, not most of the cases. I should point out. Um, a lot of the big YouTubers do get to set their own terms and often can can uh, refuse that or or change things around. I spoke to, um, Omrecker, who's a, a, a YouTuber who actually did the Shadow of Mordor thing and got the original contract and sent it back, uh, and, and wow. made them change a lot of it. So that does happen. You know, I don't want to throw YouTubers under the bus there, especially since I, I kind of more or less became one at the tail end of last year. And, and um, as well, I mean, where I eat. to be fair as well, most Let's Players, their job isn't to review the game and be objective. It's to just enjoy it yeah, and have yeah. fun they're, for their audience, you know. They're there to entertain. Yeah. I mean, Northern Lion plays The Binding of Isaac Rebirth every single day. Um, yeah. By this point, he's not reviewing or criticising anything. He's just playing a shitload of Binding of Isaac because he loves it. Um, I mean, that's all fair enough. There was something of a rebellion um, in, what was it, about two years ago now, uh, with Aliens Colonial Marines as well, because there was myself, and I know Justin McElroy did it, maybe Ben Kachera, and some others on Twitter, um, Everyone knew Colonial Marines was coming out the next day, and there was a lot of talk about um, the reviews that were going live, and myself and a few others just started tweeting things like, you know what, you really should read reviews before pre-ordering something if you're really concerned about a game's quality, not talking about anything in particular. See, I'll say this, and not talking about anything particular either, but um, 
if you are buying games, um, the fact that it that they are re-releases of old games doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be free of problems, and you might still want to wait for a re- day for for reviews. Maybe even wait for day two reviews. Not referring yeah. to anything specific at all. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing any of us have heard of. Nothing any um, of us have been talking about quietly off the air. No. Um, so yeah, that you can do that and normally get away with it, but yeah, but yeah it, it can be difficult otherwise. Um, for the simple fact that, as I've said before, it's a trick you can do once. You can break embargo and then never get any advanced review coverage again. Um, so it was, it's something I am, I'm not against the idea of doing, but it would have to be the ultimate, I can only do this once. Yes. It would have to be such a grievance, um, <laughs> to the point right. where maybe the act- other publishers wouldn't even blame you for breaking embargo. Yes. It was that bad. Like, uh, I, I, I will say I accidentally broke embargo once. Um, I had the wrong Friday set on, on a bit of, um, <laughs> website text and I broke embargo for an hour before realizing and took my piece down. So, I've done that many times. To be fair, I can't be blamed <laughs> for this one. I'm going to tell a little bit of a story here because I can talk about it now. There's a bit of distance. Um, mm-hmm. Does anyone remember Borderlands 2? The, um, the oh, what was the DLC called? Um, Tiny Tina's and the Dragon's Keep oh, DLC something or something? D- yeah. The, yeah. The D&D D- DLC. Mm-hmm. I think the reason I got away with accidentally breaking embargo on my preview coverage of that or my review or whatever it was, was because they broke embargo by accidentally tweeting out a picture of um, Anthony Birch at the event was tweeted out by their official um, channels that had the logo and name of the game in the background before it had been announced. Hmm. So they had accidentally broken their own embargo and had to apologize to press for breaking embargo (laughs) over press. So I think that's why I got away with it when I accidentally broke embargo nice. on that game. I broke embargo, let's see, the escapist I accidentally broke embargo for South Park and the Stick of Truth for like 40 minutes. <laughs> um, I also, it's not so bad when it's something like that because it was a positive review anyway. Yeah. But when I when it's Dead Island Riptide oh. that I gave Let me guess, you at didn't least like a it? five out of ten to, if not lower. Um they still had decent humour about it, but then it's it, it's a little more embarrassing just because it's well. like, yeah, I broke embargo and also hated your game. Yeah. Sorry about that. Well, this was it. Um, I, I was very pleased with that with that D and D DLC for Borderlands two, and it was like I accidentally said some good words about it early, but to be fair, two weeks ago you broke embargo before it was meant to be said as well. So you see, you know it can <laughs> By accident, you gotta accept yeah. that accidents happen and be nice to me. And they've been fine since then. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Was that someone in the background being beaten with a <laughs> with a steel pipe for not yeah. paying up on time? <laughs> I, I smacked my girlfriend around the head with a steel pipe because she didn't bring me my <laughs> microphone quick enough. Um, I think for me, the worst embargo break I ever did was that hour that my Vanquish review went up early. Um, Vanquish being one of my most controversial and upsetting reviews because I gave Vanquish I didn't like it at all mate um, it, it's still one of the most controversial ones I've ever done and the fact that I broke embargo for an hour didn't help um, especially because I hid it but Destructoid software at the time meant even hiding it didn't, actually I didn't break embargo on that one now that I remember <laughs> That was Destructoid's fucking software, which when you set something to go live later, 
generated a URL anyway that was really easy to find, and uh, N4G.com found it. And I couldn't hide it. I nuked it, but they'd already saved it. And that was my fault. The only thing you can do, if you have to take a post down on Destructoid, you have to um, delete the text and the title, retitle it, update and like save save it and then nuke the page mm-hmm. and that's that when way, you lay... like, if they find the link it's to nothing yeah and, and you've also got to lay down a pattern of salt on the floor call in two <laughs> priests to exercise all memory of it um possibly yeah. get the windy clock from harry potter um it's very difficult to to get rid of a, <laughs> get rid of a time sensitive post on destructoid once it's been rumbled oh yeah um, yeah but so e- either that's way fun. like Anything to do with just, like, review embargoes are interesting things, and it's very hard to, to whistleblow on them. I have I have spent today trying to find a way to whistleblow something to do with bad review practices, but fuck it, it's hard to do. It's tough. It is tough. And, um, yeah, like I say, it's... A, and in, in, embargoes in general, I see positive sides of. I've actually defended them on, on Jimquisition before, uh, when they're not abused. Yes. Uh, because I feel <laughs> that giving reviewers this set time to even the playing field and stop them rushing gameplay and stop them rushing writing leads to better reviews overall. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that inherently... It's it's like a any kind of tool, you know. Um, the tool itself isn't bad, it's what's done with it. Yeah, well, uh, and great, great example is, like, yesterday there was a trailer that you might be aware of, Jim, that was for a game that you might have something to do with. Yeah, Volume got a trailer. Yeah. Like, in that case, it was really nice that there was a couple of hours embargo between me getting that trailer and the embargo breaking, because it meant, oh, I don't just have to rush this and throw the trailer up, I can have time to go through the trailer try and assess it for what information I can dig out of it, write a bit more of a long-form post before the time comes up. It just, the long-form post was it, very well yeah. done as well. And, oh, thank you. But yeah, it embargoes are nice when they give reviewers time to get their work done. They're not necessarily so good when, um, for example, not referring to any specific game at all, can't of be course. proven that I'm referring to anything specific, um, when potentially bits of games aren't available when reviews are done and if you want to post it on embargo you have to do it with an incomplete version of the game for example that would not be good not at all no in general guys you know when you get sent review code um does it include all of the like um pre-order dlcs and stuff or do you generally just get the kind of vanilla game depends on the company yeah most of the time um you just get the 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 basic thing um, sometimes they they go out of their way and will try and send you a complete edition or like a, a special edition or whatever. But most of the time, um, it's just the the very basic game. You know, I didn't get like with Alien Isolation. I just got that. Didn't get the no the crew expendable DLC or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's on occasion you can get it, but most of the time it's, it's the base game. And I'd only ever review the base game for yeah. the review anyway. Well, like the ones I've had to turn down in the past is. Like, I, in the past, got asked to review some, like, um, free-to-play games, like World of Tanks, for example. And I'll talk about this. World of Tanks, when they asked me to review whatever expansion it was or whatever that I was being paid to review, um, I got offered a huge, ridiculously huge amount of in-game credit, along with my review. And basically, their thinking is, okay, so you can unlock all of the content at once and, like, just see all the stuff that is coming in this expansion. And I said no, because I was like, if I take that, I'm going to have no idea how the like progression curve of how long it takes you to unlock these things is. 
that might be a huge problem. I should probably know that information when I do my review. Yeah, that's often very like, tough. I mean, it's yeah. it's doable. I mean, you can not spend the money and then try and earn more money on top or, or you know, more in-game stuff on top to try and see how long it'll take, but... It's definitely valid, I feel, to if you're offered that to say no. Yeah. Um, it's it's a. I don't. I think it's valid the other way as well. I think you've just got to obviously. Um, I say it all the time. Disclosure is king. You've just got to say what the situation is that you reviewed it under. Um, you know, something I do at thejunquisition.com is if if I got the thing from a Steam press account, if I bought the game, or if it was given to me, make a note of it. Then people know. Then they understand you know, exactly what the circumstance is, and if it was a game that had in-game currency and in some of it came with the review copy, I would probably still do the review, but I would, of course, just completely just disclose what it. that You'd was. Be like, okay, yeah, this was the case, this might not be the case for you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then most people, unless they're intent on being unreasonable about something, uh, won't really give a shit. You know, yeah. they, they, they'll they be glad to know. People and then... being intent on being unreasonable on the <laughs> internet? That would never happen. Well, some of us live in a fantasy land, Gavin. <laughs> um, speaking of um, reviews, anyway. Oh, um, this is going to be the best. Yeah, I'm looking forward the, to this. <laughs> the big news is that uh, joystick.com... Uh, recently, as and by recently I mean like a few hours ago, announced that they uh, are getting rid of their review scores. They're removing their star system, and now if the game's really good, it gets the, what was it, the Joystick Excellency <laughs> in Being a Good Game Thanks Award. Susan knows what she's doing over there. I think it's it's going to, I think it'll work out well for them. Well, exactly, I mean, like, the, in I... my experience, pressure to remove scores comes not from publishers who obviously like the, the Metacritic system but from readers who mm. hate them. Um, I personally enjoy using review scores. Um, I don't have any huge moral um, attachment to them. Uh, I just enjoy them. I think they're, again, as we were talking about embargoes, I find them a useful tool in the box if used properly. Wonderful. If not, you know, that's a shame. But once, when, when I did the Jimquisition.com, when I set that up last year, um, a lot of readers were surprised when I started doing reviews and they had scores. And they were like, I thought this was an opportunity for you to rebel and say no, <laughs> as if I'd spent the last eight years silently seething and wishing I could get away. They, people, um, readers especially, assume that the default state of any reviewer is a hatred of review scores, that they're forced to do them. And no, most... Uh, most reviewers, or at least most outlets, are not forced to do them at all. Um, they choose to do them for whatever reason. And when I uh, moved to my own independent thing, I kept them because I like them, and I, I've never had a desire to kill them. Um, yeah, you know, I think, obviously, Joystick did. Yeah, I think they definitely have a value so long as you like contextualize what each score means with some like this score means this. It does not mean you can directly compare any two given games of the same score or, and like assume that they are automatically better for every player than other games it's like they are not a direct comparison point but they are like here is roughly where i would put it on a sliding scale here is what that number means in text to me there you go like if you do that I like mean... i have no problem with review scores and i quite like using them as long as they're you know properly contextualized and people and you get those you know, people who go Nothing should get a 10, because nothing's perfect. Like... (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Like, 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 like my... My, um... 
the the thing I use like on Indie Haven, which is my indie reviews site, and a few other places, I do like scored reviews. I quite like having a tend to find as like something that is like people are going to look back on in years to come and say that changed the game. That was polished. It was professional, and it like really changed things. It's a game we're going to look back on very very fondly for a long time to come. Yeah, it's and, like, like, looking at yeah. it that way. It's like it's a it's an excellent game that is excellent and that like I have no complaints about. Doesn't mean it's not perfect. Things could have been improved, but I'm not complaining yeah. about anything in it. Polygon do do I like Polygon's yeah. one a lot. I, I really like the way Polygon review games. Um yeah, do they still do that thing where they constantly update the scores? I think they, they do, do don't they? yeah. In in theory they yeah. do. Yeah. They, I think that's I don't a great think idea actually to be done honest. That in a while, but in theory they do. And I quite I'm like not- that as an idea. I'm not fond of that idea myself. I mean, fair play really? to them for doing it. You know, they again, it's it's their choice, and they they clearly have reasons for doing it. Um, my personal opinion on that is normally, um, as far as if you release a shit game and patch it later, I'm not going to give you a pat on the head for that. Um, yeah. The state you sell the game in is the state I'm going to review it in, uh, and I'm not going to then say, "Oh no, it is a, a such and such out of ten um, because you patched it afterwards." Um, likewise, you know, I'm not going to give a game a nine out of ten because it worked perfectly. And um, actually, no, I lost my train of thought. Then, <laughs> I mean, I will give a nine out well, of ten if the... it works perfectly. <laughs> I don't know why. I was... Isn't the, the, the... <laughs> The biggest inherent problem to scores is Metacritic. I mean, that, that really is what... That's the problem, I think. With... Metacritic, uh, uh, like, the thing that, like, sums up my irritation with Metacritic is they convert Kotaku's reviews into a score. And those have buy it or don't buy it, and somehow Metacritic decides from that what number it should get. Well, this seems to be the crux of joysticks. Ten or zero. The crux of joysticks issue with um, review scores um, seems to hinge a lot on Metacritic. They don't like how their stars are translated into numerical scores by Metacritic. Um, mm. People give Metacritic a lot of shit, and actually one of my very earliest Dreamquisition videos was um, something along the lines of um, Metacritic isn't the problem, or something like that. Um, people put so much blame on Metacritic, when all Metacritic does, all it, its entire role is to just sit there and say, here's what the scores are, what the people did, and here's our average for it. Now, there are issues with the way they come to that average, the way they weight certain scores from certain publications um, heavier than there, others. Um, but There's issues with how much agency people give well, to it that's as well. the that, issue. I think that's the big problem. But that's a, a user-side issue. Again, this comes back yeah. to what I said about embargoes and scores themselves. Metacritic as itself is just a tool, uh, pe- one that people misuse. Uh, readers place an incredible amount of importance on it, and, and some, not everyone, but some gamers have this obsession with a game's meta score. Um, if you review a game with a low score, they panic and say, oh God, what's going to happen to the meta score now? As if that's the reviewer's concern. Um, publishers, yeah. of course, have been using Metacritic as a way to um, withhold money, as, as this bonus money, and you know the most famous example being um, New uh, Vegas, New yeah. Vegas, and Obsidian, uh, where money, bonus money, wasn't given to them because they were just like one or two points shy of the score that Bethesda wanted to see average on Metacritic. But again, none that, of that's that was pretty lousy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but none of that was Metacritic's fault. Um, I don't feel we should get rid of Metacritic just because people don't know how to use it. Um, you know, 
what needs to change is attitude. Uh, and I feel that getting rid of Metacritic is one of those situations where you get rid of symptoms and not the actual problem. Mm. Mm. I agree. would yeah, agree with very that. Very well yeah, summed yeah. up. Anyway, is there anything else we want to sort of talk about on the news front today? What have we got on our news list? Oh, oh, I kind of want to talk about something. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, it's, it's much less serious than the wonderful topics we've been discussing so far. Um, well, that works for me. Well, they, they, I, I kind of want to mention this story only because it it, um, it involves Goofy, from um, it, which is like... I find that any kind of serious news discussion that involves Goofy from the Disney canon is, you know, worth having. He creeps me out. He is creepy. I hate his feet. Also, he is a, he's a dog <laughs> who talks. But he, Pluto is a dog that doesn't talk. How? What? Back, I, back when I had a failed stand-up career, I um, did a whole bit about Goofy and Pluto. And how I, I don't think Pluto actually... I think Pluto can talk. And he it's just... some sort of kink thing. Oh, God. <laughs> like, it's some sort of, like, you know, he's on all fours acting like like it's some sort of, like, puppy play thing. And yeah. the whole leash thing is this whole bondage thing. And, you know. Yeah, I can I can see this. Um, yeah, He's not as creepy as Pepe Le Pew, though. I mean, that dude is Pepe serious Pepe Le Pew just creep. comes off a bit like a, like a rapist. Yeah, Pepe yeah. Le Pew. One of the most has... offensive things yeah, I... I've ever... Uh read about myself <laughs> was back in the day when I was in rock bands um, a lot of our live show a lot of the songs were kind of about sexy times and there was a lot of gyrating and pelvic thrusting going on on stage and one reviewer likened me to a cross between Pepe Le Pew and a Kango Hammer oh. And oh, I was kind of like that would that is funny but not Pepe Le Pew uh, please <laughs> so anyway the news is the voice actor for Goofy was on Twitter mm. and he was just like Oh yeah, Kingdom Hearts, that'll be coming out in 2015. Kingdom Hearts 3, that'll be out in the next year. And everyone was like, oh, is this confirmed? Kingdom wow. Hearts 3 in the next 12 months. And Square Enix turned around and were like, no, 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 we didn't say that. We didn't say that. He he didn't say it. Of course he didn't. What, Fucking what, what rock starring it up Goofy? again. Who's Goofy? What, what <laughs> the fuck's going on? I've never heard of a Disney. Yeah. That was like last year when Three Dogs actor got us all excited about Fallout 4. Mm. Oh, yes. But, Don't trust voice actors, let's go. Yeah. So basically no. it seems he based his like his idea his like saying that it would come out in 2015. It turns out was mainly based on well, I've recorded all my lines already and video games don't take that long to do. If I've finished recording my lines, it's got to be out in a year. <laughs> And that seems to be it, is he's like, oh, well, I recorded my lines, therefore the video game's got to be coming out, like, next month or something, probably. God, and knowing how long Square Enix takes, I can just imagine that, the poor guy in 2017, just like, what the fuck, I told my kids they were getting this for Christmas two years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, again, that is the lesson to be learned. Don't listen to voice actors, they don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. It's um, like, if, 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 um, what's that voice actor who's in everything? Um, which one, Troy Nolan Baker. North or Troy Baker? Both of them. If Nolan North yeah. and Troy Baker come up to you on the street and say, oh, our next game that we're working on together is coming out next week, don't believe them because they don't know shit. They deliberately lie. Uh, Troy yeah. Baker is Have known they been together for... in a game? Yeah. Oh, many games, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Every game. <laughs> Every game has them interchangeably Every game in except ones that I voice act in, because my general aim is to be the Troy Baker for game companies that can't afford Troy Baker. Uh, 
That's why I'm always impressed at Troy Baker's um, range of how much he can change his voice actually for each role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's very. You tend, you tend to notice Nolan North's voice a lot more, but I've I've seen characters and then you find out it's Troy Baker and you're like, really? Him wow, and Liam O'Brien, serious range. Um, two very prominent voice actors who would just do amazing um, work. Liam O'Brien did um, War in is, Dark Side. Is Liam O'Brien the really gruff? Um, he's more sort of half the time he's very plummy he was war in darksiders he was um the the camp air steward guy in d4 and was also Gollum oh. in uh, middle earth i didn't realize he was the camp air steward in d4 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also d4 currently free for xbox gold xbox gold people it's oh, probably well never going getting. it's probably never going to get finished because they're never going to make the other episodes but go on games for gold and get get it because it's really cool I and love really D4. Ups- I'm what so upset that D4's not ever going to be finished. Yeah. like Because uh, I was worried that um, with the success of Deadly Premonition and how weird it was, Swery would kind of either go too far trying to recapture it or too far in the opposite direction trying to get away from it. But it just seems like that brand of just fucking bizarre is just so natural to the guy. Like, he can't not do it, and it comes off so genuine. Um, which I like. It's it's not... A, he doesn't make games that try to be weird for the sake of weird. It's just how Swearer's games are, which I love. I love a game that's just naturally... Their natural state is just, yeah, we're weird, and that's normal to us. So it's okay. It's, it's the kind of thing I loved about stuff like No More Heroes, because it's like, it just revels in being a bit bizarre and wonderful in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What else has happened? Yeah. What else? What else has happened? Um, uh, St- Stephen Blum is the guy. I was. Oh, Stephen to think Blum. Of. Sorry, oh, yes. <laughs> completely He's changed the, the topic. That's cool. It's it's not often I hear a male voice and wish I had that voice <laughs> instead of my own, but he really has an amazing <laughs> oh, voice. Shepard in Mass Effect was first a woman before being a man. That's news. So yep. yeah, the, the, um, one of the animators for Mass Effect showed off the very first um, Mass Effect animation that ever existed, and it was a female character model. S- stop making me hit you over the head with an iron bar. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so. I mean, it's pretty normal, isn't it? It's yeah. just you know the the chromosome hadn't split well, exactly. yet, and <laughs> but basically the only reason I find this news interesting is now I'm going to demand that people stop using the term femme shep. Female shepherd is now shep, and male shepherd is dude shep, because that's canon. Shannon, Shannon, Shannon is. <laughs> that's canon, Shannon. Very mm, nice. Shepherd is a woman, therefore you got to start using dude shep, everyone. Dude shep. I, can I, go, I, I can demand you dude use shep. It's shepherd and dude shep. Yeah, because I noticed there's um, some discussion brought up recently about how femshep is, and I find femshep a, a cute term, but it does imply that that can't be the default state and it's interesting that it was the default state and then obviously well, changed because that's what happens in yes. AAA publishing um, similar to that game you mentioned uh, a few weeks ago um, the name of which I can't remember um, now the Life one is was... Strange Life is Strange, thank you yeah. uh, where Square Enix was the only publisher that didn't want them to change well, uh, didn't make them change their protagonist you, you from a woman to a man you say that, I am slightly dubious of that news and I'm gonna i I'm gonna say why I'm dubious. Like it might well be real. However, um what was the previous game they did? Um Remember Me. Remember Me. Remember yeah. Me, they had quite a lot of um success getting big outlets to talk about them when they talked about the fact that their protagonist was almost made to be a man until they found the right publisher. 
And there's a little tiny bit of me that thinks, hey, maybe they knew that if they said that again, that would get them another wave of press for their little indie thing. I'm imagining now the developers, like, in a meeting with different publishers who are just like, and the publishers are like, this game's really cool and interesting, maybe we could publish this. And they just lean back and go, would you say that you'd like the game more if the character was a man? And then the publisher's just like, I mean, maybe, kinda, I don't know. And they're like, ah Well, this is it, it's like... There is a little bit of me that feels like this maybe was something that they knew would get them get them press, and mm-hmm. that is completely like impossible to disprove. No, I, I can't say that for certain, but there's a little bit that, of me that's like, um, maybe you played that up slightly for press. I don't know. They could have done. They could have done. I mean, the the, 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 the wider issue to take there is it's just so believable. Well, exactly. Um, either way. Um, and there's been enough sort of forward-facing stuff that's happened to indicate that there are probably many publishers that will tell you that. And, and there, yeah. there is, of course, that prevailing attitude that, well, games with male leads just sell better, um, even though we give them twice as much marketing promotion. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it's... Every game should have a male lead. Tomb Raider coming soon, starring Larry Croft. Oh, I did see a wonderful forum thread once of people complaining, like, of course, male leads sell better than female leads. The Last of Us sold better than The Last of Us is um, Left Behind DLC. And I was like, what? <laughs> this was a forum thread on NeoGAF I saw. And I was like, how can the game sell more? Cop- how can the DLC sell more than the game? It can't. Therefore, what are you on about NeoGAF? Was it a standalone thing like um, Blood Dragon? No, it wasn't sold standalone. <laughs> Again, without going into too many spoilers, you know, it's more about ellie really yeah i don't think that's hey i heard some all. news about this i don't know if you guys heard it but um apparently there's going to be a last of us movie with macy williams as ellie yeah, yeah which now, that could have been someone pulling my leg but... no i heard about the the last of us film um i mean i watched the road with Viggo mortenstein and it's the same thing I'm i'm just kind of thinking like can you just you know cut a lot of the gameplay out and put that out as a movie Somebody did that on YouTube. They yeah, do that they for do. everything. Like, Beyond Two yeah. Souls, I watched on YouTube as a movie recently. Well, David order, Cage already did back that. Back in chronological order. It's like, <laughs> um, as a two-hour movie cut. And that worked really well. There is a rumour... I mean, it was still a shit film. Um, there is a rumour that uh, Last of Us 2 is is coming. That they've, they've got mm. that coming. It's, it's the most... Isn't it the most... Like, The Last of Us, the most um, critically acclaimed and financially successful release that Naughty Dog have done? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I know it was certainly... The, the <laughs> amount of critical acclaim it got was um, huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge I, and well-deserved. Like, it would be crazy if there wasn't a new Last yeah. of Us game. Like, Which I is almost a, a shame. Shock. It's almost a shame because you know, I felt The Last of Us it? ended perfectly. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I was going to say. It would be nice maybe if they picked a new protagonist. I could do that. I could go back to the world. Yeah. Yeah. If there was another game in that world that was very much like the Walking Dead game, a Telltale game, where it's like, hey, it's the same world, but we're telling a different story somewhere else. Like that, I could see working. Yeah, I'd be down for that. But carrying on, like, Joel or even Ellie's story at this point, I mean, my guess would be Ellie more grown up again. Um, mm. you know, adult Ellie, but I would rather just the same world and a different people and different yeah. location. 
Oh, goodness. Have we got any more game news? Um, oh, there's oh. no such thing as video games. <laughs> um, did either of you hear this stuff about a Batman limited edition a statue? And how it might possibly... I've been hearing things, but trying to avoid the story due to the fact that it's a spoiler. Okay. I will do a spoiler-free version of this uh, this news story. Okay. There is a special version of the new Batman game coming that comes with lots of various things, including a big statue. Now, I'm not going to talk about what this statue is. You can look that up and it's very easy to find. But basically, this statue appears to be a huge, huge, huge spoiler for the ending of that game. I'm going to look mm. it up because I, I'm interested in it in Arkham Knight, but... Okay, here's a story on um, Polygon.com. Uh, we'll give them a... Ah, give them a plug. They need the help. Okay. Do you understand what it is now you've looked at it, Jim? <laughs> um, yes. Yes, I see what they've done okay. there. So okay. basically, without like spoiling it for anyone that doesn't know, um, that statue seems to be a big spoiler for the game. And Just a how little. it's going to end. Just a little. Like Either it's a huge spoiler for the ending of that game... Or they're going to completely be like, ah, we fooled you, as they do in comic books, where it's like, ah, oh, the, the the thing happened. Oh, no, it didn't actually happen. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, that that's unusual. I mean, I'm, I'm just surprised that the Arkham Knight turns out to be Spider-Man. I don't know how they got that crossover going, but, <laughs> but that's quite something. Yeah. But yeah, so that was, a, that was a bit of news. And I'm like, oh, why, why, why? People are going to buy that game now and the whole way through be like, oh, when's the thing on the statue going to happen? Yep. You know, it might just be another thing like, you remember Letterman apparently spoiled the ending of The Dark Knight Rises and he actually didn't. Yeah, I mean, it could yeah, be. Everyone a- thought he had, but he actually Actually, hadn't. yeah, this this might be very similar to the end of The Dark Knight Rises in what it's doing, possibly. Maybe. Oh, sorry, my girlfriend just came in. That's fine, at least you're not hitting her over the head with a uh, She's with not a feeling bar. so good, she looks very hungover. <laughs> oh. Um, we got free shots last night in the bar. Oh, you nice. big stereotype. I was going to say, yeah. you big, you big <laughs> rock and pop star. You are kind of a pop star. Yeah. And you, you are, are living that. Yeah, you're living that kind of lifestyle. You're living the dream. Oh, yeah. I sh- um, Food reviews, I haven't done one of those yet. Um, I'm not eating food on the podcast this week, but I did eat some food this week that I had not previously eaten and I'm a big fan of. Mm -hmm. So American foods that I have now discovered uh, exist. Twinkies. Never had a Twinkie before. I've, you know what, I've, as, for as long as I've lived in America now, I have never had one and I don't think I ever will because they look like they're just going to like knock me sick. Well, here's, here's the thing, Jim. I think that you would quite enjoy a Twinkie. Just... Let me lay this out for you. This is why you're going to enjoy a Twinkie. It is it is a cylinder about the right size to fit in your hand that is soft and filled with a delicious white cream that is lovely to fill your mouth with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will say when I look at a Twinkie, I feel nostalgic. I'll say that much. Um, but yeah, well, for know, us- if- if you're ever in the urge to put something cylindrical inside your mouth and fill your mouth with delicious, creamy white goo, and who Twinkies isn't? are the way to go, apparently. They seem to be the, the, the go-to snack. They are delicious in my mouth. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, because I, I, especially on Destructoid, where, where comments were less moderated and more in abundance, um, 
one well, a common accusation was that I ate a lot of Twinkies, um, and and never did, and and partly out of spite. Now I never will because then when they go, ha ha, Jim, you are so fat, you eat Twinkies. I think to myself, no, I don't. I've got one over on them. You don't idiots. have to be fat to enjoy a Twinkie. They're delicious. It is delicious. Oh my god, putting... these things look revolting. What are, is that? Bright? Like they look like fucking fish fingers. What are they? <laughs> oh goodness! Don't don't start <laughs> comparing them to fish, and because I am putting them in my mouth. Uh, they look like bird's eye fish fingers. Is that breadcrumbs around the? No, creamy it's like just it's just goodness? like plain cake. Yeah, as far as I can With... tell, it's it's a cake full of cream. Yeah, it, it's a cylindrical cake that I put in my mouth and fill my mouth with cream by eating. They come um, in your mouth, Gav, is what we're saying. Yeah, I'm talking about come. They spunk an orgasm in your face with the jizz. <laughs> oh, no, Jim, you ruined it. I was being so sly and not not giving any clues oh. as to what I was saying. You ruined the joke, Jim. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll learn subtlety one of these uh, days. Jim, you don't know how jokes work. So, Gavin, okay. do you want to talk about anything? Um, not really. I tried Dota 2 this week, which was overwhelming. <laughs> I'm so scared to try any of those games, any of those yeah. mobbers. Uh, well, they I was are... lucky because I had Grey, who does, um, Grey, my wonderful internet buddy who does uh, Critical Miss over on the Escapist, he was teaching me how to That's play That's the it only and... time I've ever, or will ever, hear the sentence, I was very lucky because I had Grey with me. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? We, we, we are terrible to each other on Twitter, but we love each other, really. I know you are. It is beautiful to watch. <laughs> the stuff we say to each other, I, I, I sometimes wonder if some poor person's going to come along and stumble across it and be like, oh dear, this guy's an awful person. <laughs> you have to watch that, because um, I remember recently me and Joe Abercrombie, the, he's a novelist, he wrote actually my favourite um, novel series, we were giving each other shit on Twitter because um, we get along, you know, well enough. And then people were like, oh man, because we were retweeting each other's, giving each other shit, and then it was people going in the comments saying, oh god, the, who's this arsehole? I bet he writes like shit. Oh god, I just saw an excerpt of his book, he wrote like shit. And I'm Journal like, beeves, I'm, I, journal beeves. Yeah, I'm a fan of his. We're, we're just messing around. Um, especially when you get to a certain level of Twitter followers, you can no longer play around on Twitter. Um, and, oh, no, it's you know, funny because, goes, like, He'll he'll say stuff to me like you're too Irish to read, and <laughs> it's not. It's been known for Irish followers to get pretty offended by that one. <laughs> yeah, um, especially when once you get to a certain level on Twitter, like you you can't have the fun you had um, back in mm. the day. Um, I mean, but then I've talked at length about how happier I am now that I just don't get fucking involved on Twitter anymore. Um, so yeah, Twitter dangerous thing. Can you um, tell me your tricks for that, please? <laughs> I was going to say, I used TweetDeck and I just killed the reply column. Um, I, I no longer see notifications if, if someone tweets at me. Um, I Every now and then if I do a, a, a tweet and I'm looking for specific feedback, um, I might look at that only that one tweet and see the thread, but I no longer get you know unbidden tweet replies and things like that, which just reduces my exposure to abuse and my desire to respond to abuse, which can just lead you to saying something dumb and stupid. Um, oh, yeah, so it, just, it really kills the cycle. I just make liberal use of the mute button because no one knows you've done it, and it's so easy to do. Muting is good. So yeah, tweet Muting deck. is fun. 
TweetDeck as well lets you mute specific words and phrases and and, yes. and names and and stuff like that, which again is it can be very handy. Um, really, I think before people use Twitter, there really should be some extensive tutorial you have to look at about how to eliminate assholes and uh, reduce temptation to become an asshole and I all am, this kind of stuff. I am teaching my mother at the moment how to use Twitter because she's trying to get into a writing career of her own in a different field and. Like, one of the lessons I'm having to give her in Twitter is, here is what to do if Twitter explodes at you. Mm-hmm. Here is how to survive Twitter explosions, because they will happen. And never, ever, ever tweet drunk. I swear to God, my <laughs> my good intentions always last until I get drunk and go on Twitter. <laughs> um, I, I had fun this week. I reached a point where someone created an ebooks account of my Twitter. <laughs> so that was fun. What's oh, that yes, like I see a lot of people get them. So I now have, let me find one of these. For anyone that doesn't know, it's an account that, like, it takes tweets you've done in the past and combines them to make new sentences. Okay. And they sometimes have amusing results. I'm just trying to pull this up. Um, Some of them, like, just sound like actual sentences, but, like, one of the very first things that this bot decided to um, turn my tweets into was... Quite liking the world's worst video game made by neo-Nazis about murdering black, Latino, and Jewish people. Oh, wow. <laughs> Apparently that's made of a combination of my past tweets. Wow. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then it just replies to people being like, feminism! And it just shouts feminism at people when they tweet it. It's quite amusing. Uh, yeah, I've seen ones of those for Ashton Rays, and I think Holly Green as well. Um... Mike Biffle always... seems to have a pretty good one as well. I oh, yeah, Mike Biffle's one is quite good. They're uh, very interesting. You know what I yeah. find an interesting part of social media is balancing the, the dichotomy between presenting yourself and presenting your professional self and trying to choose how much of each you show to the world through your social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's different for, like, an egg who can rant about whatever they want, but if one of us goes off on some tangent that annoys people, it can often be very bad for the career, you know? Well, I, I'm now in this weird position where I have a Twitter audience that is half made of people that listen to me be polite and calm before the podquisition, <laughs> and people that follow me purely because of the podquisition. So I now have, like, one audience that wants me to swear at everyone, yeah. and one audience that's like, no, we like you to be calm and responsible and tweet about social issues, and I'm like, oh, what is my Twitter anymore? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well, once you start serving different audiences and doing a lot of different projects, it... it amplifies the issue because then it's not just um do i be personal or professional here it's Mm. then do i be personal or professional and if so which personal and professional um because i've got several um i it's like i see that it's it's weird stuff like this last couple of weeks i finally got through putting up those coming out on top videos so people can see me fuck a fish Mm -hmm. but equally i'm putting those up on my feed alongside like oh, here's the thing the BBC did that was, like, appropriative of, of, of LGBT struggle. Yeah. And here's a picture of me fucking a fish. <laughs> this is your LGBT struggle. The right to fuck a fish. The BBC yeah, appropriating fish You know, you need to go up to Westminster and, like, do your fish fucking as a protest and get some journalists down and, like... <laughs> Why do I need to get journalists down? I'll be there. I'll report on my own event. Some photographers, then. I'll be my own photographer. I'll get one of those selfie sticks. <laughs> the fish, oh my God, the there, fish can hold it. A, 
There is a selfie stick for butts. It's a really? belfie. Oh, God, I think they call belfie. it a belfie. belfie. Yeah. It is for taking pictures of your butt with a phone. I love you can that take that exists. Pictures with a phone, and it exists. <laughs> Total waste product on me because I can I can hold my camera at any angle, and some of my fucking ass will be in there somewhere. So <laughs> waste people of money. Really hate says selfies, I. don't they? Hmm? they re- people really hate selfies. It's like we've all started pretending we're not a vain species. Yeah, well, it's it's because they it's become so ubiquitous and popular mm. um, that obviously people are going to backlash against it now. One, once, uh, I think once it was that Oscar one happened at the Oscars. That's when people were like, right, it's time to rebel. Yeah. Um, it had become too mainstream, um, but people love them. Mm. I like selfies. I, I take I take selfies. <laughs> Before we finish, to get back to video games, I've I made the 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 terrifying decision of going into the Jimquisition Facebook group to ask about Podquisition questions. Oh no! So I'm I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna bring up one question. One person is gonna be the lucky Jimquisition person who gets a Podquisition question asked, mm-hmm. and it's it's gonna be James Womack. James okay. Womack, you have been the lucky winner this week. And um, are both of you aware of the Gorons in the Zelda games? Oh yes, yeah. the, the, big, the cute little roly guys like who completely stop around. the plot dead in Ocarina of Time unless you're psychic and know that you have to throw a bomb at one in the mountain. Those exactly. guys. Exactly. Um, so James Wymack wants to ask, what does Goron sex sound like? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> of course. That's of what course. it always comes down to. It, it, well, it is what it always comes down to, but, you know, I had to do something. Using what Ocarina of Time tells us, don't Gorons go... I'm, I'm thinking more of, like, an upward inflection at the end, like... I think, isn't that everyone having sex? I know when I have sex, it's there's a lot of... <laughs> And then like the end is the end is just, <sighs> just slightly it all sounds disappointed. Like you've both got <laughs> like Oedipus complexes, honestly. You're like, <laughs> 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 well, Gorons <laughs> exclusively have sex with their parents. Uh, it's it's a kind of yeah. That, it, it's, that's it's, a Nintendo fun fact. It is a it's a it's a rare Nintendo fun fact. We, we'll have another one of those next week, and it will yeah. be about someone else having sex with their mum and dad. Um, <laughs> So that's that question answered. Oh god, do we do we want to do we have time? Do we want to do another one? Maybe. I don't want to do another one, but I will do another one. Okay, let let me find another one. Um, there's got to be something something that's going to live up to that. Um, da, 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 da. There has got to be another question in here that's usable. I like doing the listener questions. I, that's one of my favourite parts. <laughs> yeah, I keep meaning to set up a more universal yeah. place for it and then actually do a section, because I know they were always popular. So like, I will say this now. We will do in future a more dedicated user question part. Yeah. Um, um, I think there is a genuine serious question here from Christy Thompson. Oh. Um, and it's not even a joke question or a rude question. Have you guys considered having guests on, like Conrad, Tara, Max, or other people from the industry? Also, can we have... No, no, we're not answering the other bit of that, Christy. <laughs> we're not answering questions about can we have back a thing that no longer exists? We're not going to talk about ah, things. Okay. We're not bringing things back. But have we considered having guests on? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at some point I want to get some people on. Um, 
you know, obviously it'd be nice to have Conrad on at some point. Conrad, who um, I've done many podcasts with and still do a podcast and do fish shark marketing with. Um, Indeed. Like, I think we're getting to the point where we have enough of an idea of what this show is that we're stable enough we could bring guests on now. Yeah. Yes. And yes. we can give people a general idea of this is the sort of formula you should expect coming in. Yeah, here's, here's what we have to prepare you uh, for yeah, you know we we can show people that you know they're in for a bad time if they <laughs> decide to be a guest on here. But yeah, we'll. It's something I'm looking into. So yeah, there we go. Should we finish up there for yeah. this week? Yeah, yeah, let's wrap things up. Laura, yeah. people have listened to the podcast right now. They thought, well, those two are shit, but I like Laura. How do I? See more of the stuff that she does on the internet, please. Well, first, first of all, what you do is you go onto Twitter and you find Gavin and Jim and you unfollow them and block them because you know they're they're a bit of shit. Obviously. Unfollow, block, mute. Um, yeah, you do yeah. all the things you can do. Burn their Twitter accounts in a sacred fire. If you want to find me, go on Twitter to at Laura K Buzz. I talk about half half of the time I am talking the same bollocks I talk on this show. Half the time I'm talking serious issues. It's a fun place to be. Also, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz and pay me to make more Let's Play videos about fucking fish. Which really is the only honourable way to spend one's cash, if you ask me. You should throw a couple of dollars so that, you know, I can continue to be like, oh, it's financially viable for me to fuck another fish. Yeah, very few people can say that's their job. But Laura can, and it's because of people. Um, The other day I got paid by Patreon to put a speech bubble over an anus. Thank you, Patreon. There you go. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz. Good stuff. And, and Kevin, you're not um, making anuses talk, presumably, um, because well, you... Unless, I unless... was. Oh, yeah, go on. <laughs> I, know, I was going to say something insulting about your singing career, but then you are very good at what you do because you're kind of a pop star, so I won't. Okay. <laughs> you can if you want. I'm, I'm used to it. It's when you work it on the It was something about you're... anuses and singing, but... A- anuses talking, yeah. That's pretty much yeah. describes Miracle yeah. of Sound right there, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can as always find me on Twitter, at Miracle of Sound, and you can find all my lovely songs on YouTube where I sing about movies and games and lots of cool things. Cool! And, yeah, if you listen to this, you probably already know about my bollocks, but, uh, you know, this podcast and, and all the stuff I do is possible thanks to Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Jimquisition. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, so you just look for Jimquisition. Don't look for Podquisition, that was a mistake made, not by me. And um, check stuff out on thejimquisition.com. Uh, that's all the good stuff, and like it or not, we'll be back next week, so you're going to have to deal with that when it comes. So thank you for listening, and see you later. Bye. Bye.